Welcome as we continue our daily Bible reading on this uh, Thursday, the 8th of February, as we continue our study in 1 John. We're in 1 John chapter 4 uh, for today. Now, 1 John chapter 4, you can definitely tell this is the same author who wrote the, the Gospel of John because you'd see the word love come up a whole bunch and, and a definition of what that love is really all about. Love is such a um, um, a wide word for us as, as uh, Christians or as, as uh, those who speak English because we use love for so many different things. But this is the kind of love that's unique to Scripture that the same love that uh, John, the Apostle John writes in chapter, you know, John 3.16, the, the uh, famous uh, gospel in a nutshell, for God so loved the world. What does love look like? That he gave his only begotten son, which means to the cross, to hell for us, uh, risen from the dead for us a selfless giving kind of love that doesn't love because they are loved, but just chooses to love. And then that's the same kind of love that we show too. So you could tell this is the uh, the same author of that of that gospel of John because he writes about that same kind of love here. Um, notice how he starts out too. He starts out beloved. That means those who are loved by God. In the, in the traditional liturgy, in the, uh, in the call to confession at the beginning of the worship service, we say, Beloved in the Lord, let's draw near with a true heart. So it reminds us of that of that word again, which kind of reminds me, too, that that's a, a word that oftentimes we just kind of hear and just kind of blows right by us. What's it mean to be beloved? It means someone loved us first. God chose to love us first. And John even brings that out in this chapter here. It's not that we loved God and then God said, oh, I love, I love your love for me, so I'm going to love you back. No, God chose to love us long before we ever loved him. We can't love God on our own. That has to come from God first loving us. And there's the good news that he did. Now, because he loves us, we love others. And if we don't love others, it shows that we don't love God. Now, that's very clear in, in the Gospel of John as well as in, uh, and especially in First John too. So let's start out from the beginning. So it says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit. Now, a spirit is a created being that, uh, or is a, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say created, but a spirit is a being that doesn't have a physical form. God is a spirit. We can't see God the Father. He doesn't have a physical form. Of course, the Holy Spirit's the same way. That's why we call him spirit. So it's it's something that doesn't have a physical form. Now, that's not true of Jesus. Jesus, or I'm sorry, Jesus is a spirit, but he chose to take on human form. And that's what John contends here in the first part of that chapter. And, and also, the devil is a spirit. We can't see the devil. Um, but And there are also other spirits. Angels are spirits, too. We can't see them. They don't have physical form. But John warns us that there are spirits from God, and there are spirits that have fallen away from God. The devil is a spirit who fell away from God. Other spirits were, have fallen away, too. In particular, we refer to them as angels. There are good angels. There are God's good angels. It's what the Old Testament is talking about when it says, Lord God of Sabaoth, not Sabbath, but Sabaoth, hosts of armies of angels, Satan has other angels who fell away along with him, but not in, even close in comparison to the power that God has. God much more powerful than Satan. He can take care of him. Now, you and I against Satan, we cannot conquer him by ourselves. We're going to fall. Look at what happened to Adam and Eve in, in the garden. Uh, even though they know God and they have a relationship with God by themselves, when they try to take on Satan, they're going to fall. You're going to fall too. That's why you need God's Holy Spirit. But voila, in our baptism, we receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit speaking to you right now through the Word. He's even speaking to you as, as I explain that Word to you as well. I pray for that Holy Spirit to speak through me, and He does. Um, and and so uh, uh, we've got we've got that Holy Spirit from God 
in our baptism to help us understand Scripture and, and to know about God. But here's the thing. Notice the teaching about the Trinity here in the opening verses of chapter 4. You've got God the Father, you've got God the Son, you've got God the Holy Spirit. It comes up again over in verse 14, or 13 and 14. Um, it talks about God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So there's your Trinity teaching uh, that comes from Scripture, even though that word Trinity is not used there. But if you go back over to the first couple of verses of chapter 4, the one thing that's always leveled against Christianity is there's no way God could take on human flesh and become a human being. Jesus Christ has Jesus Christ has to just be a human being. He can't be God too. And yet the scriptures teach us all over the place that he is. The major creeds that we, the creeds that we have in scripture are all defenses of the fact that Jesus Christ became human being but still was fully God. Uh, do we make that up? No, it's taught all over Scripture here. And John says in the in the first part of the chapter here that the early Christians struggled with that just as much as we do. They had spirits and they had uh, people who were teaching them, no, there's no way that, that Jesus could be God. He's either got to be human or he's got to be God, but there's no way he can be God. Um, but we know that he is, that he is both. Um, and John tells them, in verse 2, but know this, that the Spirit of God, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. Jesus was incarnate. That's what that word means, incarnate. Carnate means flesh. He came into flesh for us uh, to be our Savior, and that's the key teaching. There's no other religion, be it Muslim, be it Hinduism, be it uh, uh, any other religion that, that you see, um, talks about their God becoming a human being on our behalf. Um, but but Christianity, that's what makes Christianity unique. There is no other religion that talks about a God loving his creation so much that he's willing to come into the world. He's willing to pay the price that we owe and then win salvation for his people. Every other religion says you've got to be good enough from that for that God. You've got to raise yourself up to God's level. You've got to appease him and make him happy, not in Christianity. It says we cannot do that by ourselves. Look over at verse 10. It says, in this is love, not that we loved God, but that God loved us first and gave his son as a propitiation, the covering for a sin. Totally unique to Christianity um, that, that you're a part of. And you've been reading about this all the way through scripture. Back in the Old Testament, God talks about that sacrifice. He says, you can't come before me unless there's a sacrifice for your sin. All of those sacrifices didn't do it because they had to keep doing them over and over until God sent his son to be that one and only sacrifice, one and done sacrifice for us, and therefore win for us salvation. And again, summarizing, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will not perish because of their sin, but have everlasting life. But now he brings up in, in this chapter, in a good example of 1 John, he constantly brings up God's love for us, and then how that, how that shows up in our life is that we love one another. We are called to love one another, forgive one another, love each other in the same way that we have been loved too. Is it one or the other? No, it's both. God loves us, and we're called to love others. That's a part of that relationship with God. And then one more quick point. He talks about how perfect love casts out fear. Now, I've talked to you a lot about the fear of the, fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's Old Testament but also true too. We, When we first come to know God, we are afraid of God because we see God's judgment for our sin. But when we come to know him by faith, when we have his Holy Spirit, we see that that God that we fear has won salvation for us 
So when you know Jesus Christ, when you fear God and know about him, then you have nothing to be afraid of except God. Um, and you know him by faith. And so you know that this God that you fear is the one that's so much, that's loved you so much that that you're not afraid of, you don't need to be afraid of anything else, including death, because he's won the victory for you. So a lot in that, in that short chapter uh, about God's love and then our love that comes out of our love for God and God's love for us and shows itself in the way we treat other people too. So stay in that word. Um, it continues to repeat those same things over to us and tells us that wonderful news. God bless you.